The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm ready to rock and roll, brother. Yeah, so yesterday I told you I had, uh, you know, 10,162 things to talk about. We got <laughs> to about three or four of them. But yesterday's show uh, rocked and rolled pretty good. Um, thanks to you and thanks for all the feedback. And I think we explained on yesterday's show um, that what's potentially only the biggest scandal of our generation, um, which is basically was the apparatus of government used to target a presidential candidate. And I think we laid out pretty specifically what was going on. Hey, one more quick thing on this. All right. I know. I know. I get it. I get it. I listen to listener feedback. A lot of it positive, but I know a couple of you are getting tired of this story arc. Kind of like people who watch The Walking Dead are getting tired of the Negan story arc too. Just kill the guy already. Get it over with. All right. (laughs) Finally, get him out of the picture. But one more thing with regards to yesterday. The, the overarching premise of yesterday's show was that there may be an operation going on within the government right now. Matter of fact, there is. It's just the only question on yesterday's show was the depth of it, Joe, to weed out people in Congress and elsewhere who are leaking information to the press to hurt the president. And I laid out in yesterday's show why that is. Mm-hmm. But one more thing I failed to mention. As to why I think the Department of Justice, Sessions, the DNI, Dan Coats, they've already admitted there's something going on, by the way, as I said yesterday. Yeah. But one other reason I think there's something going on to out these leakers in the government is, Joe, one of the big questions out there right now is why hasn't President Donald Trump just ordered the affidavit for the FISA warrant to spy on him and his people be released? Correct. You may say, he can't do that. Oh, no, he can. No, trust me. He absolutely can. And I will put an article about that in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Or if you're on my email list, I will email it right to you. You can subscribe to my website. Folks, the FISA warrant. I've said to you repeatedly, Joe's probably tired of hearing it too. The biggest question of our time right now is, was the fake Trump dossier used in an affidavit brought to a FISA court? In other words, look, we have this information about Trump, what he did in Russia, which was all fake mm-hmm. and paid for by the Democrats. Was that used to obtain a warrant to spy on Trump's team? That is the most important question of our time because it would mean this. It would mean the FBI and the Department of Justice during a presidential campaign was effectively hijacked by the DNC and Hillary. How does it mean anything else, Joe? Yeah. How? They would have paid for the dossier, the fake information. They gave money made it to Russian intel people to provide fake intelligence on Trump. That fake intelligence comes into the United States in the form of a dossier, finds it into the hands of Senator McCain and others, into the hands of the FBI. The critical question everybody wants to know is, was that information presented to a foreign intelligence surveillance court to then spy on Trump. Think about what that would mean. That would mean the Russians provided fake intelligence that made it into a United States court, Joe, Mm. to spy on a presidential candidate. And the question everybody's asking, and we've only been asking on this show for what, Joe, four months now? Maybe more? Mm. Was the dossier used in the FISA court? Simple question, folks. Yes or no? Yes or no? Nobody wants to answer it. You had Rod Rosenstein, Wednesday, Joe, up on Capitol Hill, the number two in the Department of Justice right now, the Deputy Attorney General, who, due to the Sessions recusal, has authority over all of the Russia investigation. They asked him about this. Do you have the answer to that question, Mr. Rosenstein? He said, 
I think I do. He, they said, well, why? And uh, Congressman Ron DeSantis asked him, a Republican, good guy, said, well, why won't you share it? And he said, well, that's more appropriate in front of the Intelligence Committee. And DeSantis checked him. No, 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 no. Time out. Time out. Mm-hmm. Red flag under the hood for review. He said, we have uh, uh, jurisdiction over the FBI when it comes to oversight. You can share that right here. And he wouldn't do it. Now, with that setup. The question now amongst a lot of really smart folks is why hasn't Trump just told the FBI Trump they're in the executive branch, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. Who's in charge of the executive branch? Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, the chief executive. Chief executive. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. He's the chief executive. Yeah. Just show us the warrant. Was the dossier used? Now, a lot of smart people have said, why isn't he demanding that? This is where I'll wrap it up. This is where I'm, what I missed on yesterday's show because we were running out of time and I wanted to get some other stuff. That is additional evidence to me because Trump already knows the answer, Joe. He already has the answer to this question. Now, I was it you was it you and I talking about this? Yeah, we were talking about it after yesterday. the show yes. yesterday, right? Uh-huh. Joe and I had an after show show. We should just record. We could we could have recorded that and done today's show. We spent about five minutes BSing afterwards. Yeah. And I said, listen, Trump's not known for keeping quiet on Twitter when he, I I mean, really, folks, when Trump feels something or wants Mm -hmm. to say something, and whether it's three o'clock in the morning on Twitter or at a press conference at 12 noon, uh, Trump's damn well going to say it. Why isn't Trump talking about the dossier in the FISA court? The answer is because he already knows what's in it. And he already knows what I think to be the answer. Because if the answer was no, that the dossier wasn't used, they would have already said it. This says to me that the investigation I told you about, Mm -hmm. where they're feeding false info to members of Congress to get them to leak, to out them as leakers, this is probably part of that as well. And that is why Trump has been unbelievably quiet about the disgusting potential use of the dossier in, in an effort to spy on them. Folks, scratching my goatee here trying to look somewhat intellectual like um like, you know when you look up to the right and you scratch your chin like you're thinking about something <laughs> that's what i'm doing right now but i really am because it's a very serious moment this is an explosive i i i, I is explosive even the word i mean this is the woolly mammoth of stories i mean this is the this is the tyrannosaurus rex of stories think about it Just distill it down to the simple facts as these will be read by historians in a hundred years. An outgoing president potentially used his bureaucrats and his law enforcement arm in the Bureau and the DOJ to spy on his opposition both before and after he won the election. And the information they used to spy on them was provided by Russian intelligence. And do you remember before he was elected, he said he was wiretapped, and then he used- oh, and everybody laughed yeah, at, and him. everybody laughed, and he said, "What well, kind like, of wiretap? Something idiot. like that." Yeah, hey, we're in the Northeast, Washington D.C., Amtrak, New York media corridor. Yeah. Trump, what a moron! <laughs> wiretap, what a jerk, uh-huh. folks. Where's Trump been wrong? Where's he been wrong? Where has he been wrong? I'm telling you, this is the T-Rex of stories. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I know I get it, but it's really, really critically important. I would not be spending so much time on this if I didn't think it had the potential to upend everything the Constitutional Republic stands for. All right. 
I told you yesterday I get to this Netflix story. This is great. Yeah. This is the funniest story I think I've ever heard. Um, a tragically comedic, as most things in politics are. So uh, yesterday, Netflix on a 3-2 vote at the FCC was uh, net neutrality, not Netflix, excuse me, net neutrality. Uh, was shot down at the FCC under 3-2 vote. Now, there's going to be lawsuits, and it's not going to go away. Matter of fact, I think the state of Washington and New York have already filed lawsuits, which is great, because if they win, you will have the internet effectively blocked in your state, in Washington and New York, but everywhere else it'll be free. Because net neutrality, folks, there's nothing neutral about it. Net neutrality is a is, it's, this is all this is. There is all the wonkery in the world cannot explain away the fact that net neutrality is a government price control leveled on the internet that is it and price controls do the same thing every time they increase demand they decrease supply they decrease quality and they create black markets every single time it the fact that it's a price control on the internet means nothing it won't act any differently than a price control acts anywhere else if you tell an isp an internet service provider by, by government edict, what they can and cannot charge the companies, not based on the market, Joe. In other words, not based on what the product is worth, but what the government says it's worth. Right. You will always get those four things. Why? Very simple. I can't use this example enough because liberals seem to have a hard time with basic math and basic economics. If you were to put a price control on Corvettes and the government said, everybody should get a Corvette. Why do only the rich people get them? <gasps> rich people corvettes everybody needs one we are going to mandate that the corvette is to cost thirty thousand dollars no more joe's a car guy so am i yeah. there would be a rush to chevy dealers tomorrow to go buy corvettes because they're not worth thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars they're worth seventy thousand dollars if not more yeah. joe's like it's thirty thousand for a vet yeah baby yeah, yeah. i'm there tomorrow <laughs> right yeah baby. you're like how do i get one now <laughs> yeah Joe, who previously, I know, I don't have that. Well, I bought my Raptor, so I shouldn't say that. But I don't have that money now. I know Joe. Joe doesn't have 70 grand lying around. Neither do I. We are not in the market right now for a Corvette because we can't afford it. Pretty simple stuff. But if the government says it's going to cost 30, Joe and I pretty much find a way to get the money. What a deal. 30,000. It's the same thing when the government is regulating prices on the internet. That's what net neutrality is. What else did you think it was? What's going to happen with Corvettes? So there's your increased demand, right? When a Corvette's 30K. Everybody wants one because it's not 30K. It's an artificial price. It's really 70. Secondly, you're going to get decreased supply of Corvettes because the obvious reason, Chevy's not going to produce a Corvette to sell at $30,000. that cost them $60,000 to produce. (laughs) They're not going to lose $30,000. Joe, I promise you, liberals are scratching their heads listening to my show today. They're like, wait, hold on. This is this... We need a sound effect for me scratching my head. Here it is. I don't know if you can hear that. That's me scratching the hair I have left on the top of my head. Huh? What do you mean? The government can't mandate prices? But the government owes everything. They're so smart. Yeah, they're geniuses. The government couldn't even get an Obamacare website up. But yes, they're going to build Corvettes, right? Mm. So of course you're going to get decreased supply because Chevy's going to stop producing the Corvette because they're not going to go out of business and lose money on it. The same thing that's happening right now, by the way, with broadband and investment by internet service providers who have decreased dramatically, Joe, the expansion of broadband, ironically, into poor communities. Why? Because they can't make any money on it. Liberals, how tough is this? How tough is this for you to understand? How tough? How tough is this? Is this that hard? My gosh. Finally, you get black markets because people sell stuff on the side. May not happen with the internet. Doesn't matter. 
in some way it will. And you get quality problems because what's going to happen? The broadband they're going to build out, Joe, is going to be super cheap, crappy broadband because they can't make any money on it. Just like the Corvette you get, which is going to be sold on the black market for people who have them. They're going to say, well, 30K, I'll go buy one for 30K, Joe. What'll I, if you and I, think about this, Joe, if you and I could get our hands on brand new Corvettes for 30,000, wouldn't you turn around tomorrow and sell one off the books for like 70? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> Make easy a fortune, right? Yeah, man. Nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, baby. Yeah, of course you would. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I just figured out, by the way. Oh, so fi- but finally, you'll get quality problems because if they're forced by the government, Chevy, to continue to build Corvettes at $30,000, they'll be the crappiest Corvettes ever. So that, you're going to get internet quality problems as well with net neutrality, which is, which is ironic because that's what the liberals who believe in net neutrality will tell you they're fighting. People are going to slow down our internet. You're not going to have any internet. The broadband companies aren't going to produce it. What are you talking about, you nutbags? I was just thinking of something, though. Did you ever see that movie, Couples Retreat? It's it's another... I I don't get to go to the movies anymore because I'm like boycotting most of Hollywood, but it's a really funny movie. And it's about these couples, they go to retreat to try to find, you know, the love back, the spark. It's a comedy in their marriage. Oh, yeah. And there's this yoga instructor who's always flirting with one of the wives. And he's so funny. He's That's where I get that from. He's always going, yeah, yeah, baby. That's like the way you do the radio guy sound effect. Yeah. If you watch the movie now and you see it, the guy, he's this yoga guy. He's got the long hair and he's jacked and everything. You, you're going to laugh every time you're going to think of the Dan Bongino show. Every time they tell him something, he goes, yeah, yeah, baby. That's where I get that from. I'm just, just throwing that out there. But, all right, getting back to the content portion of the show, having set up what net neutrality is, and there's no escape, those are inescapable facts. It is a government price control on the internet that is already failing, even though it's only been in effect for, gosh, a year and a half. Here's the great irony of so-called net neutrality. The original starting point, the genesis of the entire liberal, you know, uh, basically some Republicans too, sadly, net neutrality fight show, the genesis of it was Netflix. Was, oh, look, we have Netflix. We got Netflix is great, but we can't have these internet service providers slowing down our Netflix. Oh my gosh, I want to watch whatever couples retreat on Netflix. Mm -hmm. May not even be on, who knows? I can't have them slowing down my stuff. So the government's going to come in and fix this. Oh, yeah, like they fixed health care and, and student loans and, and the economy. Yeah, government, they're always going to fix it, which is laughable in and of itself. But Netflix, the genesis of this was problems Netflix alleged to have had. That, oh, look, these, these broadband providers are slowing down our content. The government better fix this. A bit is a bit is a bit. In other words, you're going to treat the internet equally. Now, as we said in the show the other day, whenever the government treats the mandates that everybody have the same outcome, people have to be treated unequally. So people who don't use the Internet are then going to subsidize people who watch Netflix 24 hours a day. But that aside for a second, this is funny. This is from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. This is a quote. <laughs> I'm not making this up, folks. This is a quote from a Wall Street Journal piece about Netflix who started this whole thing. Or people started on their behalf, but they contributed too. They were big proponents of net neutrality. Here's the quote. Netflix, after serving as the standard bearer for the FCC's stronger rules to protect web companies from unfair treatment by carriers, Joe, Mm. says it is less at risk now that it is big enough to strike favorable deals with telecom companies. Wait, 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 what? Come again? Oh, it goes on. Mm. The company did just that. 
reaching several deals in, uh, deals in recent years to pay broadband providers for ample bandwidth into their network. What? Play him again. What? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> so let me get this straight. The entire liberal argument that the government despite an open, lightly regulated internet for decades, which had almost no significant catastrophic problems at all, unlike every other area of the economy, the internet's been going swimmingly. Netflix comes out there, makes this big argument that people are watching our movies and their movies are being slowed down. Now, uh, we got to fix this. The government's got to regulate. Oh, the government, get them in here. They're going to fix everything. After all this hullabaloo, after all this nonsense, after slowing down broadband investment, after going after zero rating, in other words, companies that were going to give away the internet for free, and that's who the Obama administration attacked under net neutrality. After all of this, Netflix is now Joe walking away from this because it is quote less at risk because it is now big enough to strike favorable deals with telecom companies on its own what the heck do you understand that is the very definition of joe what get ready you ready for this this is what we call this get ready this is mind-blowing to liberals that's called the free market the free market So what you're basically saying is the free market, Netflix grew so big, despite its allegations that they were being throttled. And this was a major catastrophe that the government, Joe, needed to get involved in. The government needed to shut everything down. Price controls everywhere. The government's going to fix it. Despite this entire argument, Netflix now says, oh, you know what, by the way. We don't really need that anymore because we've grown so big and we have so much money that we, quote, reached several deals in ba- in recent years to pay the broadband providers for the bandwidth we're actually using. Oh, my. G- oh, gosh, we need a ditto cam in here. Yeah, folks. I, I don't I'm not an actor, okay? I don't I don't ham it up for the cameras, but we need a video we need video. We need video. You th- my reaction alone today is priceless. This is it, every morning I wake up and I'm like, gosh, what liberal stupid soup am I gonna have to drink today? The entire argument for the government control of the internet under net neutrality was Netflix, who is now saying, thanks to the free market, we don't need the government anymore. Sorry for the blank storm we we fed down America's throat for the last few years. Yeah. (laughs) TGIF, brother. Really? I mean, seriously. I love this show. I love to download my brain onto this RE20 microphone. (laughs) But gosh... Sometimes on the weekend, I'm like, I have to escape the stupid. It is like the gravitational pull of liberal stupid is so strong. It sucks even ordinarily common sense people into the vortex of stupid. What are you going to do? <laughs> Play that again, Donnie. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? As do? Donnie Brasco says, every, what are you going to do? <laughs> Folks, uh, I, 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 I have one more thing to add to this. But seriously, a very simple question yeah. on a very serious note. I'm trying here. To our liberal buddies, to our liberal friends out there, your entire argument 
was just thrown out the window by a company who attributes the success of its new business model to the free market, despite advocating for socialist heavy government interference in the in the internet. And yet, you keep going. You look at all the bots on Twitter. If you don't believe me, just put the hashtag net neutrality on Twitter and look at the psychos and the bots on Twitter swearing the government was going to fix an internet that wasn't broken. It, it, it's 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 seriously it's it's totally psychotic. It's insane. It's like Scarecrow from the Batman movies. It's it's new Looney Tunes. He sprayed that dust in people's faces and they're losing their minds. All right. Here's another point from the journal piece that's hysterical. I mean, seriously, you got to laugh about it. Since 2015, Joe, when these net neutrality, you know, the government was going to level the playing field. Bit is a bit. Yeah. They were going to level the playing field. You're going to die if we don't have it. Death. Death is around the corner forever. You're going to die. If we don't get the government involved in the internet, it was such a catastrophic situation because Netflix movies were allegedly slowed down that they instituted these 2015 rules. So, Joe, according to Libby's out there, our liberal friends, this was a catastrophe. Joe. Yes. I'm going to. This is not a trick question. All right. So since 2015, mm-hmm. when the FCC instituted so-called net neutrality. Yes. And solved the government solved this major catastrophe on the internet yes. of traffic not being treated fairly. How many major companies do you think filed complaints with the FCC about violations of net neutrality? Take a stab at it, Joe. Uh, zero? Yahoo! Oh, okay. it's not even fun quizzing you anymore. Right. It's not even fun because you already know the answer. The answer is a big, fat donut. Zero, <laughs> as in the absence of value. Nothing. No companies. No major company has filed a complaint. <laughs> None. Zero. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> oh my. Zero. 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 There are no. So, folks. I. I uh, the fog of stupid it's like the stupid mist you ever see that movie the mist where the stephen king movie the mist comes over the town and all these crazy prehistoric creatures start eating people there are like these 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 spiders that are like seven feet tall and they're eating and chewing up people this is the stupid mist the stupid mist is overtaking the entire united states thank god conservatives have gas masks on This is it. There have been zero companies that have filed a complaint to solve this major catastrophe that was happening across the Internet. You would have thought if the liberals had an ounce of common sense that when they passed this, that they'd be able to say, look, we're going to solve your problems now. Hundreds of companies are going to come forward and go, look, I was throttled. My traffic was slowed down. Oh, my gosh. A bit is a bit. Treat my bit like your bits. That could go anywhere, by the way, given the current climate out there. But I'm talking about actual internet bits, not your bits. Get your mind out of the gutter. Mm. And zero, zero, the stupid mist. The stupid mist is everywhere. No companies have filed anything. Oh, man. Gosh, somebody get me a Valium. I'm just kidding. I don't take drugs. (laughs) I may have to start. I may have to start. Oh, gosh. 
All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Thank God for Brickhouse. Seriously, they do keep me sane. I have to keep my mind and my body healthy, despite the fact that I'm shrinking like crazy because I can't go to the gym because my stem cells were injected and my joints are hopefully regrowing right now. But I got three more weeks and I'm going nuts. But I'll tell you what's keeping me sane. I've got my new cocktail that I can't recommend enough and it involves Brickhouse Nutrition. Here it is. They have one of the best products I've seen come out in a long time. I like foundation, you know, that I love Dawn to Dust. These are great products. They have different purposes. But for overall general health, Joe, there's nothing out. There is really no tenet core principle of modern nutrition disputed less than the idea that you eat fruits and vegetables. They're probably pretty good for you. Yep. Everybody knows it. The fiber, the macronutrients, the micronutrients. In the case of blueberries and these deep colored vegetables and fruits out there, do you know how many good positive chemicals are there for your livelihood, for the betterment of your life? Energy, just general, you know, the effects out there on your health overall are just the people who eat fruits and vegetables. They look better. They feel better. Who has time? Folks, seriously, who has time? I work a lot. Joe works a lot. Yeah. Yesterday was really busy for us. You know, why we're at it all day. I got to travel. I don't have time to eat six bags of blueberries, tart cherries, uh, kale, spinach. I'd love to. I love fruits and vegetables. And when I can, I eat them. But I don't have the time. So I said to Brickhouse, I'm taking a little bit of credit here a while ago. Guys, I said, do me a favor. Basically, because they send me stuff for free. That sounds <laughs> totally cheap. I'm not cheap, I swear. I just can't keep ordering. It's the Miles to send me whatever. So I go, Miles, please, please. Will you put together a fruit and vegetable powder where the stuff is all ground up and you can just put a scoop of water and drink it so I don't have to eat 6,000 vegetables a day? Now, this happened a while ago. The reason Brickhouse took a little while with this is they wanted it perfect. They didn't want to use crappy concentrates. They wanted real ground up food. Folks, this stuff is the real deal and it tastes pretty darn good. It's not, I promise you, you're not drinking grass juice. It tastes good. My cocktail is I put it in a little bit of V8 and some green tea, and I throw the field of greens in there and some collagen. And it, I like it, but it works well in juice. It works well in water. It works well in protein shakes. It works well in anything. Folks, give it a shot. You need your fruits and vegetables. This stuff is the key to clear your mind just for general health. You need it. Everybody knows it. Go give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Check it out, please. It's really, really good stuff. All right. Another uh, story I saw yesterday. I may have put this in yesterday's show notes. Mm -hmm. I may have to put it in today's too. So always available as always at Bungino.com. But Jerry Brown, uh, Moonbeam, the liberal governor of California, uh, listen, they're going to go a very serious crisis right now. And I don't mean in any way, please don't take this the wrong way. I love California. The people there are wonderful. I go there all the time. I wish their leaders were not so loony, but uh, the people there are great. I go to this place and uh, whenever we go out to Beverly Hills, that's where the doctor is. That's why I'm not like a Beverly Hills guy, but Mm -hmm. there's a really cool diner there me and my wife eat breakfast at that has these SIE bowls that are just amazing I and the people are always fantastic they're always so nice to talk to and everybody's in a good mood in California which I love so I don't mean to make light of the situation but the fires out there are really serious Joe I mean people out in Bel Air and other neighbors have had you know their, their houses burned to the ground yeah. you know it doesn't matter if you're rich fire burns a mansion as well as it burns uh you know a, a pile of garbage in the middle of the street mm-hmm. 
But it was interesting that the left and Jerry Brown jumping in with the left decided to attribute this to climate change. I was like, oh, oh here we go. Here we go. Yeah. yeah I, uh, again, here we go. The effort to politicize everything because the narrative, man, the narrative. It's always about the narrative. Now, I have a piece from Legal Insurrection, uh, which I, I love that most of you know. I talk about it all the time. A really great email list. William Jacobson runs it. And it quotes actual scientists, Joe, unlike Jerry Brown, who say, well, that's really not due to climate change. And ironically, one portion of the piece, which goes to show you that the liberals don't only lie to you, um, but they misdirect from their own problems. What started one of these devastating fires in a Bel Air neighborhood, Joe, Mm -hmm. was a cooking fire at a homeless encampment. Mm. Now, you may say, well, Dan, where are you going with this? Where am I going with this? Folks, California has the largest population of homeless people of any state right now in the country. Now, granted, it's also the largest. So, I mean, it's it's not truly. But unlike the left, I'll be honest with you, it's not an apples to apples. But even percentage wise, based on the populations, it's extraordinarily high. Now, I'm not going to. This would be a loose connection at best, but it's not an it's not an untrue one. The reason California has such a high cost of housing is because liberals and some misguided Republicans absolutely love super restrictive zoning laws. You can't build here. You can't build there. NIMBY. You know what NIMBY is, Mm -hmm. right? Not in my backyard. You're not going to build that. You're not going to build that. There's a reason Texas, the cost of housing in Texas, which has relatively light zoning laws, some in some cases, if any, that their housing is so much cheaper than California. The reason is, Joe, as I said before in my talk about price controls on the internet, when you restrict the supply of anything due to government, whether it's the internet, whether it's housing, mm-hmm. whether it's a doctor's services, and you say, no, we're going to put these obstacles in front of you before you can supply housing, which Joe makes it what? More expensive, right? Yeah. Which makes people say, well, I would do it at this price, Joe, but I'm not going to do it at that price. You see where I'm going with this? Sure. I'll build a house in a neighborhood that needs more housing. If I'm a builder, um, I'll build that for 300000 because I can make money off it. But when the government puts 500 regulations in front of you and it costs you 100,000 regulations, I'm not going to build it for 400000 So what do you do? You just don't build housing, mm-hmm. which leads to what? A housing shortage, which leads to what? Increased prices for the houses you have now, which leads to what? More people not being able to afford houses, which leads to what? Homeless encampments, even in rich neighborhoods like Bel Air. Now, I'm not going to do the irresponsible thing and do what Jerry Brown did. Climate change. Liberals did it. Liberals didn't do it. They didn't set the fire. But there's absolutely no question, Joe, that there is certainly a correlation between high zoning, liberal governance, excessive house price, uh, excessive home prices and the growth of homeless encampments in places that pe- where people can't afford housing none of this is mysterious mm-hmm. so again i just find it odd i'll wrap it up i don't want to beat a dead horse on this but i just find it a bit odd that the 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 liberal instinct to jump to a false fake phony fraudulent spurious narrative of his climate change is not only wrong and the actual narrative actually has a is birthed more in a place that indicts liberals, not conservative politics. The fire was started in a homeless encampment where people were cooking outside because people can't afford housing. Man, are they frustrating these lips. All right, I got a doozy coming up next, so don't go anywhere, the story, because I got this from 
on very good authority. And I'm, I think this, I may have said something yesterday. I may have been on the level. You know, let me just get to it in a second. All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at filter by, Hey, you change your air filters in a while. If you haven't, it's, you got to get to it. You got to get to it. When I moved into my house, the air filters were so clogged. I don't, I don't even know how any air got through. It was like the air filter was like made of concrete. It was like a steel filter. It was so clogged with junk. Now, why is that a problem? It's a problem because I have really bad allergies. I'm very susceptible to mold, allergy aggravating, pollution in the air, pollen, dust, all that stuff. I am. I get, I, my body is not, doesn't handle that stuff well. Thankfully, I changed out my filters at the time. I wish... I would have known about filter by though before because I had a bear of a time trying to find my filter on Amazon. If you go to filterby.com, that's filterby.com, they will get you the size you need, whether you're a home or a commercial business. You got a hundred air filters in your factory, your shop floor, go to filterby.com. Filterby.com will get you the size you need, plus the shipping is free. Folks, the air inside is up to 100 times more polluted some cases than it is outside. You got to get that junk out of the air. Who wants to breathe that in all day? I'm in. I'm inside up to 90% of the time, if not more, because I, my studio's in my house. Mm-hmm. Go to filterby.com. They will ship you the filter in the size you need. Shipping's free. They have double the industry standard MERV rating on their filters and are manufactured right here in America. This is a great company. I get a lot of good feedback from them. Thank you to everyone who supports our sponsors. Go to filterby.com. It's filterby.com and you'll get 5% off if you set up and you auto-enroll. They'll ship it. You need a filter once a year. They'll ship it to you. You don't even have to worry about it. You'll get 5% off if you auto-enroll in that. They'll ship it to you with the with the 5% off. You get the next one next year. You don't have to worry about it at all. Go to filterby.com. That's filterby. Com. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. means a lot. They do have great customer service, by the way. All right, Joe, here's a little bombshell for you on the show. All right. So a friend um, said, emailed, tweeted, kind of, mm-hmm. trying not to give up exactly where anyone would look, but sent me something yesterday. And they said a, a, a bombshell story is about to drop. And the bombshell story is, it's not my story, um, I, I, but the source is credible, that there are up to 20 members of Congress that are absolutely, uh, I was going to say something different. They're doing things, um, they're sweating, let's just say. I was going to say something else, but I know some kids listen to the show, so I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> They're sweating in their offices right now. They've been noticeably absent from the media, some of them. Um, they're sitting in their offices. They're, here's the head scratch, yo. They're scratching their head like, what am I going to do next? I'm in a lot of trouble. And the answer is, well, why? Well, supposedly this sexual harassment lawsuit fund, remember that story? Oh, yeah. Apparently... The Washington Post, from what I've got from the source, the Washington Post has names, show, and it ain't good. Now, I bring this up because I read a story yesterday uh, in The Hill that Paul Ryan was considering the Speaker of the House right now from Wisconsin, the Republican, mm-hmm. was thinking, most of you know who he is, was thinking about leaving. Now, I've got from another good source that that's not true, but we'll see. It was reported yesterday. And one of the reasons I heard that's the case is because he, he's not, I didn't hear anything, I want to be crystal clear, I didn't hear anything about him being involved in the sexual harassment, folks. I want to be, I shouldn't, I'm not even alluding to that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to deal with the fallout from basically everybody else's mm, show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Their turd show. He doesn't want to deal with it. So 
I don't know when this story is going to break, but I'm just telling you, 20 members of Congress, that's a big number, folks. That's a huge number. There are only 435 members. Already, we've already what seen three? What is it? Trent Franks, Blake Farenhold, and uh, and who's the other guy? Oh, Conyers. You get twenty more. Got to step aside. <laughs> you don't even need term limits at that point. That you've had uh, term limits have been enforced upon you. Oh boy, yeah, that's an ugly one. But pay attention. We'll see if I hear anything on it. I'll, I'll get it out there. All right. Here's the last story of the day. This is a doozy. So. I was reading a piece in the Washington Examiner. Please, please read this. I'll put it at the show notes at Bongino.com. Again, always available on my email list. But this guy, I think his name is Tim Warstall. I'm probably saying it wrong, but he writes at the Washington Examiner. And he's great because I love economics. And it's just a total takedown of a guy I've really grown to not dislike personally. I don't know him, but his writing is just absurd. He's worse than Paul Krugman, the guy, uh, Robert Reich. Oh, Robert yeah. Reich is a far, you know, we've, we've debunked this guy's yeah. nonsense before, Joe. You've heard the name, but he's a far leftist. He seems to think socialism is wonderful and things like that. And he, you know, he speaks as an authority on economics, despite having almost no knowledge about how actual economics works. So Warstall does this takedown in the Washington Examiner. And the takedown is because Reich is now speaking out against the tax plan. Now we've done a lot of shows on the tax plan. I'm not going to relitigate the tax plan here, but I want to just make a couple of quick points that he makes in the piece because you're going to hear these from other liberals too. The first point uh, Rice makes while trying to attack tax cuts, Joe, is he says, and this is a quote from Warstall's piece. He says, but he, talking about Rice, does try to tell us about the economy and that's a problem. He says foreigners own some 35% of United States stocks. Oh, <gasps> Therefore, cutting corporate taxes is cutting taxes on foreigners. Wow, Joe. Jeez. Robert Rice. Gosh, you're onto something. We're cutting taxes on foreigners because they own 35% of U.S. stocks? (sighs) That sounds bad. Well, Warstall continues. He says, well, yes, that's the point of the tax cut. (laughs) He also contrasts this with other places which do it better. What, like the UK, where 52% of stock is foreign-owned, or Germany with 57%? Let me get this straight. Again, waking up in the morning, what liberal stupid are we going to have to combat today? Rice is complaining because the dreaded foreigners, Joe. I'm being sarcastic, folks. I'm not a xenophobe. These are these maniacs on the left. Yeah. The far, the foreigners are coming. The, you gotta die. <laughs> the, far, the foreigners doing? are coming. That's it. They're coming, Joe. <laughs> there, I know you're worried. They're buying up 35 percent of the stocks, and he compares. He goes, "We need to be more like the Europeans." What? Like the UK where foreigners own 52% or Germany where they own 57% of the stock. Okay, so you just you, you just entirely rebuked, rebutted your own point. But not to mention, folks, that's the point. <laughs> the whole point of a corporate tax cut in the United States, Joe, is to make the United States a competitive destination for both business here and for foreign capital. What are you saying? Look, foreigners are investing in the United States. This is awful. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do? And if we cut the corporate tax rate, Joe, even more foreigners will give us money. 
Oh my gosh. Well, Dan, on top of that, it sounds damn racist to me. <laughs> of course it's racist. And you hate women too. And puppies. <laughs> and you're definitely Islamophobic. 100%. Yeah. Of course, it's a brilliant point, Joe. Of course, you're a racist there. <laughs> I have to be too, bring, even bringing this up. Yeah. This, uh, I mean, folks, first he makes a point where he contrasts us with European countries and actually, according to his own standards, are worse. And he's missing the point entirely. The whole point of having a competitive economy is to get people to give us money. That's the point. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, is this guy dopey. Oh, boy. Point number two. He says, let me get to this here. Oh, I'll get to that part in a second. There's another doozy in here. But Rice makes the point that, and the power of these evil corporations, Joe, that are going to get a tax cut. Oh, my gosh. Not to mean they employ all of us, but let's forget about that for a second. He says the power is overwhelming and we need stronger unions because the workers need to be empowered. And why do they need to be empowered? Because look how great they have it in Europe, Joe. And you know what they have in Europe? Health care. Uh-huh. And it's free. Oh, yeah. And not only is it free, they get five weeks vacation and generous unemployment. And it's all free. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Everything's free. <laughs> Now, Warstall in the piece, clearly like, well, he doesn't say this. I should. <laughs> he says it more diplomatically. Let me just get to the point. If you believe that, I'm sorry, folks. I have a bridge over the uh, St. Lucie River down the road. For- it's super cheap right now. Cut me a check for a buck. I'll sell it to you. No problem at all. You have to be. You have to. Like, have, what is the average IQ? 110. Like you have to have an IQ of probably less than 30 to believe that that's true. It's free. So everybody's working for free in Europe. The doctors with the free health care. The employers are now working for free, too, by giving you unemployment insurance that lasts forever. Colleges are free. Nobody's working for any money in colleges. The professors are volunteering their services. Folks, this is idiotic. It's silly. Now, I, I don't bring this up to double down on stupid. I bring this up because it segues nicely into the point Rice is trying to make next. The point he's trying to make next is that this is a tax cut, this corporate tax cut for the rich. Get them. Mm-hmm. Get those rich and those farters. Get them. This is the left talking, folks. I'm not kidding. Get those farters. Go get those rich people. The steak. <laughs> Burn them at the stake. This is like the Salem witch trials for for, for rich people. The Salem. This is the Salem rich trials. That's what this is. The Salem rich trials are going on. Go get them. Go get them. Go get those rich. So he makes the point next that, and this is going to be a benefit for the rich. And this, we have a severely, severely regressive tax code in the United States. In other words, the middle class is getting screwed and the rich pay nothing, despite the fact that that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. It's all made up. So interestingly enough, here's a quote from the piece by Warstall. The American federal tax system is more progressive. Yes, folks, that means rich people pay more. Okay. The American federal taxism is more progressive. Yes, more than that of European countries. By the way, folks, I'm not telling you this is a good idea. I'm just telling you this is how dumb the left is. 
The European tax systems are more regressive than the American one. The big difference is in the sales tax, or more accurately, the VAT, the value-added tax. Governments at all levels in the United States, Joe, collect about 26% of GDP, or 26% of all economic activity. The European systems collect from 35 to 45%. That's why European governments can pay for things like health care because they collect more in taxes. Folks, <laughs> the government in the governments in Europe are getting this money, this voluminous amount of money from middle class wallets due to a VAT tax. The VAT tax is a essentially a sales tax. Based on the difference between the end sale price of your product and the value you added, here's the bottom line. It's a tax at every level almost of consumption. Consumption taxes, in other words, sales taxes when you buy stuff, Mm -hmm. are always going to impact the middle class more than the rich. The Europeans have this consumption tax. We don't. Basically, the Europeans are sucking your wallet dry to pay for free health care and Free unemployment insurance and free college. They're sucking you dry. And yet Rice is saying, oh, no, the American tax system, the rich are getting off. Nonsense. The only people paying this significant portion of the tax load in the United States are rich people. That's the problem for the left, not for us, Joe. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Because why is it a problem for the left? Because the middle class has all the money. Because they're not taxed enough in the United States to pay for the left's ridiculous free health care. Folks, when you have a consumption tax, these VAT, these built-in VAT taxes, like they do in Europe, what portion, a simple way to analogize this to make it make sense. The European middle class, let's say they spend 5000 a year on food. That's probably a low estimate, but you get it. Mm-hmm. 5000 on food, 5000 on gas and car expenses, and another 5000 on housing. I'm just making these numbers up. So that's 15000 total. You following, Joe? Yeah. So they spend fifteen k. Your Mr. European middle class guy, 15000 a year. All right. If that European $15,000 a year spender on consumption goods, if he's paying that VAT- and he makes $50,000 a year. That's 7.5% of his income, right? Pretty simple math. Okay. If he was making $100,000, $15,000 would be 15%. Yes. He makes 50, half of that is 7.5. Not difficult. We don't need Jay's abacus for this one. Nope. Okay. Joe, if the same rich dude who shops in the same supermarket because he's got to eat and mm-hmm. fills up with the same gas mm-hmm. and pays a little bit more for housing, so let's say he pays 50000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say this rich guy's salary. $50,000 a year is $10 million. Okay. Folks, $50,000 a year, the percentage of his income at $2 million is dramatically lower than the 7.5% of your total income that the middle class guy is paying for the same stuff. Do you get the point when you tax that stuff? So when you tax said stuff, Joe, you work percentage-wise, not not nominal, mm-hmm. but percentage-wise, you are hurting middle-class people because they consume more as a percentage of their income than rich people do. That's the point. That's how the Europeans... Have, does that make sense, Joe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
rich people and middle class people both eat, they both house themselves, and they all have cars. But the percentage of their income spent on that stuff for middle class people is far more. So when you tax that stuff using a VAT, you suck middle class wallets dry. Mm -hmm. That's how the Europeans, by sucking middle class wallets dry, pay for free health care. And yet Rice continues to insist that somehow rich people aren't paying enough in the United States, despite the fact that if he wanted to institute the very system he's espousing, free health care, it's not the rich people that are going to pay more. It's you. You're going to get screwed. But again, don't let, you know, liberal fairy tales ever get in the way of the truth, folks. <laughs> that was a fun show today. I had a good yeah. time. Oh, thank you again for a great week, folks. I really enjoyed doing this. You all mean a lot to me on a very serious note. So thanks again for tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll send you these articles. And I will see you all on Monday. Take it easy. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.